Welcome to the Union of Soccer Podcast Playoff Edition. Welcome to the millionth game of the season for the Philadelphia Union and Major League Soccer. My name is John Jansen, half of the Union Soccer Pod. The other half, the better half, the one who knows all of this stuff, the one who writes everything down in unionsoccerblog.substack.com. It is Joe Tanzi at JTanzi90. Joe, the playoffs are finally here. <laughs> it's finally here it's been about 70 games and we haven't decided who the best team is yet i don't know how that happened but here we are this is actually the the union soccer podcast hosted by statler and waldorf uh because that's what these first five minutes are going to be it's just gonna be us the two old men in the muppets balcony just saying negative things and laughing to ourselves we deserve it Um, though this isn't a union thing either. It's a major league soccer. You deserve this. I would love I, to be excited about the union. I would love to say, you know what? I don't care how the regular season went. This team's been good in the playoffs. They're still a great team. I would like to be excited by them. It's that I can't be excited for another week of soccer because there's been too many weeks and too many games of soccer. I'm just, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. I'll, I'll add to that. Uh, the union and revs spread across two weeks. Might be the most uninspiring playoff matchup in MLS history. It's not my favorite. But on the on the bright side, though, why do we gotta go? Why do we gotta? Why do we gotta go two weeks to this? Uh, on the bright side, John. Before we get into this, just just remember that we're two wins away from each team from a Union Red Bulls conference semifinal on Thanksgiving weekend. Just it, how exciting! Will it be to watch car crash soccer for 90 minutes to determine who gets to the conference final? I don't like that. I don't like any of that. I don't like any of that. But it's possible. So they in the regular season decided, hey, let's put in an extra tournament. Let's do the Champions League stuff still. Let's do all that. Oh, yeah. And also, we're going to add more playoff games. Just in case you didn't have enough of us. Just in case you really wanted more. Here's more playoff games. And then, oh yeah, one of these games, one of these like series things. Um, here's the union rep. Here you go. You'll have that. It felt so inevitable watching that that game last week, where it's mm-hmm. just like, oh no. Like the second the Revs went ahead and Gustavo Bo scores that second goal, you're like, oh no. No, we're 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 not oh oh we're actually doing this um or they did it joe oh they they did it i mean look look across the league and and this is this is why it's like so frustrating because i look across mls and there's actually some good playoff matchups there there are some entertaining intriguing matchups but then you have a team in new england who has been on a complete free-for-all since the bruce arena uh, fiasco went down. Even I don't even know if we have the exact details of what actually happened yet. They sold their goalkeeper, Jordi Petrovic, and it's just been downhill from there. And then the Union just have no juice attached to them right now. They don't. And I, I think that's the, the sentiment across the fan base is the second you try and, and build up some positivity, they knock you right back right down. down. Like, this has been like a 12-round knockdown drag out heavy not even a heavyweight fight this is kind of like the the third undercard to the heavyweight title fight and it's gone on longer than we we needed to 
And we just keep getting bludgeoned in the face by, by soccer that isn't up to our standards, but we're still here like masochists watching it. Like it, that's what it feels like. I think it, it just, it, if it was a different team, like if it was Columbus, Atlanta, you know, maybe we'd have some, some extra juice to this, but I think because a, the union are just kind of stuck in neutral and the revs are in a free fall. What does this matchup have to offer? Also, I mean, we got to we got to do all of this for the first round, right? For round 1. And this whole thing, this whole playoff thing doesn't end till December 9th. Right. This is a whole other season. This isn't just playoffs. This is an entirely new season almost. It, and it's not hard to figure out like what the ideal structure should be. Like if if you're going to say if MLS wants League's Cup desperately to be a thing, which if they do fine whatever but make that this is this is the whole problem because if you don't stick leagues cup in the middle of the summer the problem is i've been watching mls since like february and right. i have to watch until december 9th right and there's no break because the no, champion because champions league just released their schedule concacaf just released the, released the champions league schedule and in February, the, the first round series of the, the newly designed CONCACAF oh. Champions Cup starts. It's like you need a break. Oh, my God. But the like ideally. I, I'll be honest with you. If the yeah. NFL schedule was this long, I don't know if I'd watch that much. Like I don't know if I could be invested even in NFL for that long. Right. right. I, I mean, even, even from NFL. Like even I need those breaks from a certain sport. MLS, it's just like there's – there's so much of this. Who wanted this? Apple. Greedy people that run the thing, but anybody else? I don't want it. I don't want, it. want it. I don't want it. Like, it's it's very simple, and it's very apparent, like, what the fix is to this whole thing. And I promise we'll we'll get into the matchup at some point, but I think we're voicing the concerns of everybody. MLS no, Cup. No, I think it's I, I think we have to because this it's not just us. I feel like there are a lot of people. Look, you and I are excited. I'm going to be paying attention Saturday to Union and Revs. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be in this game. I'm going to be you know paying attention. All of that. I'm going to watch all of it. But. Like going into it, I think there are a lot of people like you and me too that are listening to this podcast going, Oh man, thank God we're in the playoffs. Thank, thank, we've thank we've just been know. repeatedly beat over the head with major league soccer. Yes. And I feel like we've been beating this point over the head, but again, this is we have. we're sharing sentiments that I, I think are being very much shared right now by a lot of people vocally being shared by listeners and union fans and MLS fans. And I think this is I think this is a union specific issue. Like, I think if, if you, you bring this out into a national perspective, like St. Louis plays Kansas City in the Western Conference best of three, that's going to be fun because it's the first time you have a regional rivalry in the playoffs with those two, those two teams. It's something new. It's something fresh. It's something exciting. Cincinnati, they're now the favorite. Like, they're basically following the same path the, the Union have. And that's going to be really exciting for them. Columbus, Atlanta – could be a goal of Palooza in the Eastern Conference. I mean, look at Orlando, Nashville. I mean, that's a little bit of a, a regional thing, but like Orlando's finally in a position where 
they're the two seed. There's expectations attached to them. Like this is the best team they've had. So I think, I think because of the, the sheer volume of games combined with the performances on the field have, have really just kind of soured anything about the 2023 season from the union perspective. Because, like that's because I, I look at the, the viewpoint from across the league and a majority of people are excited for these first round matchups. Yes. The best of three sucks, but they're making the best of it. And the problem I think we have here is not only are the union kind of stuck in neutral, they're also playing a team that I believe it's if they play the best of three, 16 times in the last four years, that's a lot. And we thought 2020 was bad when, when the union played the Revs so much in that COVID schedule. I mean, to see them potentially four times in a three week span and all the games to play out similarly, that, that does suck the the life out of, of the fan base. And it, look, the vibes have, have could not have been lower going into decision day. Yes. Nothing, nothing changed. And I, I, so I think that's like why we're just so like, we're, we're a product of the, the atmosphere and the vibes around the club is like, yes, you can spin something positively, but like there are very few things to latch on from a, a positive standpoint right now to say they can get past heck even this series. I'm sure there are some people out there that think they're playing miserable. They might lose to the Revs in a best of three. Not to say they can't. They definitely can, but I don't know. I'm not. Oh man, they're definitely going to lose. I still, I still feel good somewhat. Right, but I'm sure there's some skepticism. I've read it through my my mentions on Twitter. Like, there's skepticism that they they might not even beat the Revs. And look, this whole thing could drastically change if they go out and beat them for nothing on Saturday. And then it's like, okay, this is the, the version of the team we thought they would be like my, my personal opinion, like deep down as, as negative as I've been for the first 10 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've been <laughs> um, just rays of sunshine. Right. Sorry. And I, I tend to be the ray of sunshine here. Um, oh yeah. You definitely not me. You, yeah. you are the ray of sunshine. Yes. But, um, I think there, there's something there's something brewing in the locker room on like a positive perspective. Like this team at the end of the day knows how to rally around itself. And Kai Wagner and Alejandro Bedoya are so well respected within that locker room. Like they, they mean so much to that group of players that I think they'll be motivated almost to give an FU to ownership and to Ernst Tanner in a way to be like, look, this is what you're, this is what you're losing. That's where we're at. Oh, okay. Oh, they're, they're going to, okay. For some reason, my mind automatically went, what you mean? They're going to do the opposite, but no, I know. Oh, no, no, I think, I think that could be like a legitimate rallying cry. I mean, look across the Eastern conference. No one is as battle tested in, elimination games as the union that's just a fact now their performance in those elimination games not great especially when they get further on into the postseason but this is a team that that at least knows what the atmosphere is like knows what the pressure is like and i think that plays in their favor and and look 
there's still some some weird scenario in which the Red Bulls get hot and beat Cincinnati, and all of a sudden it, you're playing at home Thanksgiving weekend with a spot to go to the conference final, and everything is is coming up union. I don't think that will happen, but we've seen dumber things happen in, in MLS. And I mean, look at how the wild card games. Oh, uh, do you think it's going to get really dumb this year? I I feel like I'm, I'm getting ready for like a really dumb, wild, stupid MLS playoffs in like the best way possible, by the way. Like I'm just, I'm thinking it's just going to be, okay, well we expected none of this. Right. Um, or is, or is it not? Cause I feel like that's all season. We've been kind of collision course towards, Oh yeah, this playoffs is going to be real stupid. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, because I think last year was so much about the Union and LAFC, the two titans of Major League Baseball. Right, by the way. That's what, I, that's what I don't like about people complaining about the Major League Baseball playoffs. It's like, well, you know, there are bad teams now, but I like that. I like when there's variance. You know, sometimes you get the really bad teams that are going to be in the finals. Sometimes, and it rarely happens in MLS, and maybe they need to do something about that. But sometimes when it does happen and you get the, the two one seeds and you get the best teams, give me that. You know, like I, I like right. I, I like variants. I like that, you know, one year we can have Union and LAFC and the other year we can have who the hell knows what's going to happen. Yeah, like New York City and, and Portland. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not supposed to mention that, though. I'm sure that's still like a. No, you can mention that. Yeah. That's okay. um, but as yeah. Long as you don't mention Christian or, or Gareth Bale. You can mention Christian. That's the only Bale you can mention on this podcast is Christian. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, look, I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe this is kind of me being the eternal optimist, and and yeah, I know it's been a rough season, but let, let's look on the bright side here, because that's yeah, I really the bright side. I think you're right to do this. There is a bright side. because we we gave the negative side. So if you've you've hung around and and not turned us off after ten minutes of Negadelphia, um, let's at least be fair and give the other side. Um, most battle-tested team in the East. Um, they have a goalkeeper of the year in past years. They have a defender of the year. They have the best left back in, in MLS, arguably. Um, they have a eight-figure striker that's going to be sold. Uh, that's a potential that won't be an MVP finalist, but you can make the cases an MVP. Um, they have one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. And when healthy, which they're trending toward, they have a, a lot of depth and a lot of flexibility to to deal with a lot of these matchups. Um, they should beat the refs. Like let's just lay it out there. In in any scenario, even if Bruce Arena was still their head coach, even if Petrovic was still their goalkeeper, they should beat the refs. They are the better team, the deeper team, uh, the more experienced team. Now. I think if you did a power ranking of the teams left in, in, the, in the postseason, and this takes out the two teams that were eliminated in the wild card game last night, the Revs are probably bottom three. They're not trending in the right direction. They have an interim coach. They're starting a goalkeeper with less than five MLS starts in his career. And they're kind of patching things together and, and hoping it, it sticks. They, they feel like the walking wounded right now. And it could be if you sounds like the perfect team to beat the union. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the perfect team to just surprise everyone. Hey, and we if, got it together. And if you don't think things could get worse for the union, they're gonna lose to them in the best of three series. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all gonna be brutal. Oh my god. 
I just that, that would be that would be rock bottom and, and cause for a lot of a lot of concern and surprise. this is just it's aggregate scoring right no oh what it's just straight three games what are they doing i was about to say it would have been so great if all three games ended in a draw and then it went to pks that would have been the greatest ending to a well every game ends in pks you got to have a winner that's true, but I oh my god, every game's got to end in PKs. That's brutal. Which is the worst case scenario for the union, by the way. You think I know that you think it's gonna happen? Uh I what I'll say is you don't want to get to game three. I'm not saying that New England has an advantage in, in PKs, but I think it's been shown across the years that Andre Blake, if he has one weakness, it is saving PKs. You like you don't you don't want to get into that point until like later in the postseason when there are, are tougher matchups ahead that like actually force you into that because the chances are so few and far between. Um yeah, like they should they should win this in, in two games. And if they don't win in two games, they should have an, an overwhelming advantage in game three. And I'll, I'll make the case here, John, and this is way out of left field and I don't think this is how the union will operate, but it wouldn't be the worst thing if the union went three games here. You're going to have to explain that one. Okay. Um, the November international break is a thing. So if the union sweep the series and take care of business on November 8th, which by the way, it's ludicrous that there's, Yes. And plus days between games one and two, but the the Patriots play on Sunday, which by the way, to get into that real quick, Jim Curtin said in his post-game press conference on Saturday that they had guidance that they were playing Wednesday to start the series on on Wednesday, uh, game one. And that was what we heard through different, or at least what I heard heard through different people that originally it was going to be Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday. Because the, the Eagles are on by on the on the twelfth, so they can they can play on Sunday and get away with it. The Patriots play on the fifth at Gillette, so the, the Rebs wanted to have that game midweek. Understandable, but they, they switched it on them on Sunday afternoon. I got a text saying uh, that everything uh, changed overnight; that they moved it to Saturday, um, and people were worried about conflicts with the World Series. Obviously, that's not a case, the case anymore, but. Um, yeah, that's how that, that whole thing kind of broke down. Like Jim Curtin. Thank you. (laughs) I thought it was safe from this. I'm never going to be safe from this. This is also something that's happening for me personally. I don't want playoff sports. I don't need playoff sports in my (laughs) life right now. And here comes the union and my brain, which it shouldn't go this way. Cause you're right. I think they're going to beat the res and I think they'll do it in two and union. I should be more optimistic about, but didn't help obviously the way things ended in the season, all that. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I should be more optimistic, still good teams, still good players. And they have a chance in a not so amazing Eastern conference. And yet my mind went, so how are the union going to disappoint me? immediately after the Phillies loss. I was like, great. The union playoffs are this weekend and they're going to, they're probably just going to lose game one and it's <laughs> going to be completely disappointing. Great. I'm so ready for this. So the case for, for playing this series out is that your team stays fresh. Uh, you play two games at home, play game one and game three at home and game two is essentially a toss up. You junk it up. You hope you can win on turf. But if you don't, you still have game three in your pocket. And then it's just a regular international break 
where you're off for a week and then ramp up into training again. It concerns me that they could have almost 20 days in between playoff games because we've seen the Revs, in fact, were a case of that in the past. Uh, it was the year they won the Shield where everything just fell apart for them because of the, the extended break. Now, of course, the, the team is going to say we're going to go all out to win game one, game two, secure advancement, and then go from there. But I, I don't think it's the worst thing. Now, this is kind of comes with a caveat. Game one has to be perfect. If game one is perfect, you hold a clean sheet, you win by multiple goals, you prove that the union of old can show up, then you have that you have that, a little bit of goodwill and a little bit of insurance in your back pocket for game three. Because it's it, you, you can then manage your roster because you have 10 days off. You can manage your roster for game two. If everyone's healthy, you could throw a defensive lineup out there for 45 minutes, uh, hope it sticks, and then rotate your, your main guys on for 45 minutes. And if it doesn't work, you still have game three in, in the bag, at home, at full strength. Like it, It's a weird way to think about things. But if you look at what the, the way the playoff schedule is aligned and because the international break is is slapped right in there, I don't think it's the worst thing. And I'm saying this for not just the union, but for a lot of the, the top teams. It wouldn't be terrible if these series went to game three. Now, I know that could be really nervy from a lot of perspectives. I think? But I, I feel like there, there's yeah, some... Really, we're doing great with do or die games, Joe. Yeah, we're that's really true. Phenomenal with those right now. Thank you. I know, I know a lot of people will, will disagree with me, and I, and I know this is kind of a, a far-fetched theory, but all, all these things are about staying in rhythm. And I don't think it would hurt the union, especially in the form that they're in, if they get three games to, to figure it all out. Now, again, it's all dependent on looking really good in game one. Because if you look like crap and you win one nothing in game one, then there's still concern. Because you could get, you know, broken open in game two and the Revs could create all the momentum and, and the series is over. But I feel like I feel like it might benefit the teams to play three games, knowing that the what it's gonna be what? Eight, for the teams that play on the weekend next week. That's what a, a, a at least a, a multiple week break. It's going to be tough to just hit the stop button and recharge. They can't they, they can't play for the international break, which sucks. Uh, I think we we've talked about this before. I would rather them move decision day up a week before the October international break, play the first round and play the conference semis between the October and November breaks, and then boom, you come out of the November break, you play the conference final you at least give, give teams a bit to to rest and, and recuperate so that they're at their best for the conference final. And then you play MLS Cup the first weekend in December. If, if this whole schedule is going to stay the way it is, that's the way you have to do it because it, it just – there's no consistency in what we're doing here. You're coming out – especially on a holiday weekend, coming out of an international break, that's going to be tough to really re-energize everyone. So I, that's my personal opinion – um, hopefully, you know, it gets better if we're doing this whole thing, smashing leaks cup into it. But 
for what we have in, in front of us, again, no one's going to go out and preach, let's go lose this game. That's not going to be the mentality within the group. But I don't think it's the worst thing, especially as the home team and the, the higher seed in all of these series, that game three gets played uh, so that you have that extra week of, of game time and you don't lose your form. So I I do want to dive deeper into that because the union have not have been inconsistent flashes at times, maybe for a half of the union team of last year. You know, maybe we see for a full game, the union team from last year, but then, you know, they, they get brought down back to earth and they look like this version, the 2023 version, which has not been very good. You know, I, look, I look in the MLB playoffs and I know MLS playoffs have been this way too, where teams just kind of get form out of nowhere and make a run. I mean, what are the chances we see that with the union that, I mean, it's there, they can do it. It's just, you know, it's tough to piece that together. It is. To, and it's tough to guess that. But have you, I mean, are you confident really in that they can? I I don't even know if confidence is the right word. Just do you think it could happen for the union? Like, do you think that run is possible that they somehow regain that form uh, to be a, a team that can go deep into the MLS playoffs and then win? Or is this going to be a case of they what they looked like in the regular season They'll look the same in the playoffs and all the hopes of trying to fix things like, okay, well, this is just what they are. They were always going to be this. And it ultimately was their demise. I think we have to scrub 2022 from our minds. I think that has to be the, the first thing we do, because if, if we spend the next six weeks, you know, if, if they're lucky enough to make MLS cup, if we spend the next six weeks, judging the union off of last year, which they're clearly not, they've given us so much evidence that they're, they're very much not that team. We're going to look at them through a lens that is just unrealistic, frankly, at this point. So you have to look at them through the the 2023 lens and, and what they actually are. And at their ceiling, they can still be on the level of, of the 2022 team. They don't have the consistency that was there, but I don't think anyone expected the, the same consistency to, to be there because that was such an incredible season, such a high standard that was set. So I think we finally need to ditch the comparisons to last year. It's, it's just not feasible from a team perspective, but also from like an emotional perspective within the fan base. Like, it's not there. It's not 2022. It was a great season. Unfortunately, it ended the way it did in MLS Cup. But that's not this team. Like, If they go on a run to MLS Cup, it's going to be because of, of what the 2023 union is good at, not what the 2022. What is the 2023 team good at? That's what we have to figure out. <laughs> Um, I still think it's, it can, not a, it's not a promising answer, Joe. No, um, I think it has to be any success has to be be through the four four two diamond. It it can't be in the back three. The only way the back three should see any life is if a, a serious injury happens or you need to close out a game. I really don't see that um, happening. You got to play. I think you have to play Glezis and Elliott together. Play them in the middle. You have Jose Martinez back from yellow card suspension. Jim Curtin has said multiple times over the last few months, a 4-4-2 is still the preferred formation. 
Jose Martinez makes that formation run. He is the engine, not only defensively, but offensively. And the things he does, and I wrote about a little bit on Monday, why he's such a, a vital part. He bridges the gap offensively with his passing and his IQ of the game is so high. And I think we, we take some of Jose's skill set for granted sometimes because he is just this bruiser in the midfield. His reputation is um, as a hard player and we respect him for that. But I think the, the, the things that he's worked on in the time he's been here to refine his game and make him really such a valuable piece to midfield and why I think he is probably the number one X factor on this roster in the postseason. If he if he can stay on the field, this team's going to look so much better. I think he he is the key because other parts of the, the team can can play well. Like we know that the the center backs can hold clean sheets. We know Kai Wagner is very effective with his crossing. We know what the forwards can give. But when you put that all together and when, when Jim Curtin says we're only as good as the collective, it's got to be 11 guys at the best. Jose Martinez is the best player in that midfield. Jesus Bueno has taken a step. Leon Flock is valuable and can provide some, some defensive capabilities. Alejandro Badoya can still give you something. Jack McGlynn has improved his defense, but he, you know he's in there mainly for his, his offensive capabilities. And Daniel Gosdick, we know what he brings moving forward and, and, and working back in uh, impressing. But the guy with the, the best two-way skill set in the midfield is Jose Martinez. And if he is able to, A, stay on the field, and B, be incredibly effective for this team, the ceiling is remarkably high. He, he is the guy I circle as the guy that is the most important to this playoff run. I know you could argue Blake, you could probably argue Glesnus, probably argue one of the strikers as well. But when I when I blow it up from a, a team perspective and how this 4-4-2 actually works, actually flows, he's so vital. He really is. Because it, A, it allows you to play that that 4-4-2, but B, it allows you to play it in its full functionality. Flock can't do that. Bueno can't do that. Martinez can. He can give you that both sides and start those transition moves, make those hard tackles, get stuck in. Everything that is required out of the number six role, he can do. And and that's so vital. I, I've looked at it all week on how, you know, who's the most important player, what's the most important matchup. If Martinez isn't on the field, the union will suffer. Oh, that's great. I love it. you just put it that way. Right at the end. The union will suffer. It'll be over so fast. Um, I mean, so what is, so looking at the Eastern Conference, I know round one's going to take a while, so I don't know if I want to go too far, but how do things lay out, do you think, for the union here? Like, is there, to me, playoffs sometimes is, is about paths and which, which path you take and teams you play, matchups that you might potentially face that could be in your favor. You know, does how does this playoff right now you think line up for the union? All joking aside, you should probably root for the rebels. Okay. Yeah, we're like, well so far. Like that that's kind of just the, the way I view it. Yes. 
it, the Cincinnati matchup is is going to be intriguing because both teams know each other's in, ins and outs. Cincinnati's going to have all of the pressure on them, and it's a one-off game in the conference semifinal. So that that's something where the Union co- can go in, embrace the underdog mentality, do what they do best motivationally, and potentially get a win there. But on the other side, as as much as a Union Red Bulls game is going to be car crash soccer for 90 minutes, it would be a home game against a team that is viewed as much weaker as you. Yes, they would be hot, but how much does that matter when you have a week off in between games? Kind of, you know, goes to my point of why you should probably play all three games. Like, it just feels like if that that can open up and then all of a sudden, oh, it's Union Red Bulls in the conference semi, it's a home game. And then you're going to either Columbus or Atlanta, or sorry, Orlando, most likely. Um, and if that's the case, look, you can, you can win one-off games there. They've had success in Columbus in the past. Um, Orlando, I think, has been has been trickier for them. But again, that goes to the point to the Cincinnati matchup where the pressure would be on the higher seed and the union go in the underdog mentality. And and that's something I think they've been waiting to embrace this season. They haven't had that. They've been the top dog. And if they go into a matchup with Cincinnati, say Cincinnati beats the Red Bulls, which a lot of people expect will happen. If that's the case, the union are going to be the side of the underdog. Everyone's going to be picking Cincinnati. And perfect. And that's going to be perfect for the union for to use that for two weeks as motivation. God, you couldn't ask for a better situation. Now, I think it's a little different if they're in a conference final against Orlando. Um, against Columbus, I think they would absolutely be the, the underdog. And I'm not just talking about betting lines, but across like all the MLS experts. I think Orlando is maybe the, the, the crack open the door's cracked open for the, for the, the favorite role. But I mean, look, if, if you really want to have the ideal path, you embrace chaos. You hope Nashville wins. You hope Atlanta wins. You hope the Red Bulls win. Like the more home games, the better. And that's just stating the obvious. Um, and to, to do so Columbus has to lose Orlando has to lose Cincinnati has to lose. And the count of that is you probably should have won more games down the stretch, but that's uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, yeah, I, look, there's a path for sure. And I think you could make a case either way of what the ideal semifinal matchup would be. I think it's at home against the Red Bulls. But, again, you can make the case that because they're too familiar with each other, then Cincinnati's better because they've already beaten them in a playoff game. I'm not worried about I'm not that scared of Cincinnati. Should I have that mindset? I I, I understand why you would. Is, I, I don't think there's any team that is not beatable for the Union. They can beat all these teams. It's just, like we've been saying, it's actually being able to put it together and doing that. Here's what I'll say to any opponent. The Union can hold any of those teams scoreless. Their defense is that good when it's at its best. And that's not even a 2022 thing. That's a 2021 thing. That's a 20, like they pride themselves in the back line 
And if you were able to put Jacob Glesnus in his proper position as a center back in the middle of the field, he can win 1v1 battles with any striker in this league. We've seen that happen many times. And Jack Elliott is as battle-tested as they come at center back. And he can do the same thing. And look, Damian Lowe, look at his performance against Hani Mukhtar just a few weeks ago. Like yeah, even yeah. if you even if you want to put him in the matchup with Glesnus together, it works because when he's at his best, and we've seen it multiple times this season, he's really good too. I I think it's I think it should be Elliot and Glesnus and Lowe is the, the closer. And Jim Curtin, and this is a thing that dates back to like 2018. For most of his tenure here, when they've been in the playoffs, he uses two center backs from like mid-September on, and that's his playoff pairing. And it's it's one of the reasons why Austin Trusty left when he did because Mark McKenzie took that spot. Um, I believe McKenzie and Glesnes was the preferred pairing with Jack Elliott on the side um, a few years ago as well. It's a little different this year, and it's something I want to pick his brain about uh, in the press conference on Friday of if that's still what he believes, if it's, if it's the four, four, two, if that's the, the way to go with things, does he have a preferred pair or is it matchup based? Like, has that thinking changed? And if it has, then we see more of a, a rotation between the three, but if it hasn't, I think it's glad you go with the tried and true glasses and Elliot low comes off the bench. You abandon the back three. And you find a way to, to win out of your tried and true formation. And then if you need to flip to the back three in the 75th or 80th minute with a, a fresh center back off the bench, when teams are counting, countering with fresh attackers, it's, it's going to be interesting. But if, if your depth lies in defensive minded players, which it does, you want to make sure those guys are, are healthy enough, and not healthy enough. That's not the right word. Are are, are fit enough yeah. and it's fresh enough is the word I'm looking for. I can't find words. They're fresh enough to come off the bench in the 70th. I was waiting for you to help me there, but you didn't. Yep. Um, <laughs> you got it. Um, you're the one. You're, you're the one who writes. I can't find words. Uh, I pretend to be one. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and then to have them come on for the final 20, whether it be flock, low. Bueno, uh, whoever it may be, like like that's that's your tried and true strategy to, to get through this this postseason. It's doable, and that's why I think if if you really need to refresh the outlook on this team going into the postseason, that's it. It's that defensive structure. And oh, by the way, you still have one of the best goalkeepers to ever play in MLS. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good thing. That helps. And and I think it's also worth noting. Nathan Harriel's been really damn good defensively this year. I know for the last few years we've we've made it a lot about Baizo and his defensive shortcomings and the one big mistake. Well, if you can prevent that as well and have Nathan Harriel, who's been one of the team's best defenders all season, that shores things up as well. It, it's It's there for the taking, at least. I think it is. Again, you have to get past the revs first, but that matchup seems like it favors the union in all regards. And if you can have Jose Martinez almost eliminate Carlos Hill and Glesnes go body to body with Gustavo Bo 
and shut him down like has happened in, in previous matchups and you know the, the dozen or so times these these guys have played. Um, I think that the familiarity really helps the union in this regard. And look, all doesn't help us though the the viewers of wanting to watch entertaining soccer. Well, you can get you can get the entertaining any entertaining soccer from the, I get the entertaining by winning. I get the winning. Right, I like winning. But look, they can still win. The, they can still win for nothing. Man, I think win, if they win for nothing, I'm screaming. We're back at the top of my lungs so loud that it's going to register. Right. I mean, people are going to hear it for miles. How how loud I'm going to say we're back. Which is why game one isn't just it's a great it's a tone setter. It's important. Yeah, it's a tone setter. But I think game one most importantly is for the psyche of everyone involved. It's everybody within the club who's been dealing with more off the field stuff than in previous seasons. Yeah. And to their credit, they've handled it about as well as they could. You know, it hasn't really affected their play on the field. Yeah. I don't know like front office if they have, but the players in the locker room and even curtain, I think, yeah, they're, you know, they, I, it's always been like an understanding of things like that. I, th- I feel like from right. Well. There's always, there's always a good, understanding within within the group within the locker room they've always been together there's never been that at least for the past few years there's never been that one or two guys that just is like on an island um there's always there's always been that encouragement between the group um i think for the fan base as well game one is so important for the psyche of the fan base because if you see three or four nothing then it really, it really kind of gets the juices flowing. They have to wait 10 days for the next game to happen, but at least gets the, the juices flowing for, oh, well, maybe this is a team that's just been waiting to show their, their best for the, the postseason. Or maybe the time off actually helps them not playing three games in eight days, all that stuff. Like I, I feel like there's there can be genuine excitement without any skepticism if they win game one in a very dominant fashion. And to me, that's three, nothing or better. So are you going to predict three, nothing or better? Predict. I, will. I, I, predict. I, actually, I actually will. Oh, no way. So you're going to say by Saturday at uh, what time is this game again? Five o'clock. So, about what eight o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock. We're gonna be going union or back. I think the union win four one. Oh, oh, I like that even more. More scoring. I don't care if they give up like a goal. I don't care. Go ahead. I want scoring. I want to know these guys can because that's that's it, right? We just want to know they can score. Um, I you know, and not just in bunches, but just score, put together some some really nice goals, some good offense, some good scoring opportunities. Uh, I would like to see that. I would like to see aggressiveness and actually putting shots on goal. Uh, so yeah, this is this is good. I like all of this. I think Martinez is just absolutely massive to this group. Um, I think the forwards. I think they're going to play with better cohesion. And look, you're playing with an inexperienced goalkeeper on the other side. If you're going to dictate the chances and maybe even dictate the possession. Um, you have to test him early and often that comes with shots from outside the box. Um, that comes from set pieces. 
you need to put him under pressure immediately. And at the end of the day, this is a team that knows how to play in elimination style games, in, in playoff games, uh, in series. They know how to play in these types of games. And that's kind of the intangible. I'm, I'm really banking on showing up in game one. I think they make a statement. Uh, I, I think for one, I know a lot of people listening will probably be like skeptical and then say, where exactly are these goals coming from? But you saw in the first half against Cincinnati, like it's still there. It's just not to the standard that 2022 set. And that's fine. But if it, it, it's, it's still capable of, of showing up and, uh, you know, I, I gotta, I'm still the, ever the, the optimist here. And, uh, four, one sounds pretty good to me. Order one sounds great to me. I don't know, Joe, it doesn't sound good. It sounds great. And I can't wait. Everybody's going to get it. I, if I don't see everyone tweeting at union soccer pod or me or Joe, after they win three, nothing or four to one and screaming out all caps on Twitter, we're back. I'm going to be disappointed. Don't I would just like one person to tell me I'm right. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't also, be optimistic. I can't be optimistic. Every time I'm optimistic, I just get losing in game sevens to teams that you shouldn't lose to. So I, I, I don't. I just want to wait. I just want to wait. I, I would also like to clear the record here. If, if, if I, if I'm very wrong here, please tweet at me as well. I, I can take the criticism. I've done this for a long time. I've made a lot oh, of bad that, predictions. Has anybody tweeted at you before about bad predictions? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. oh you get those? Wow. It's part, it's part of the job. I thought people are very nice to you. Actually, uh, most are, are very respectful and nice. They are. It's mostly, it's mostly about the, the players and, and the coaches where the, the negative things come. But, yeah, if I, look, if I'm dead wrong and it's a one nothing game or a score the straw goes to PKs, please tweet at me as well. Keep the receipts. I have absolutely no problem with it. Admitting if I'm completely dead wrong, but I, I would like credit if I'm I'm right as well. I'll give you credit. I'll make sure I'll I'll hold you accountable for both, Joe. I'll hold you accountable. It's okay. Uh, that is it. Is that it for the Union Soccer Pod? Anything else for? I mean, we talked about as much about this game as you probably should. This is about the thirtieth game that they've had in the past two three years. The fact that we went forty five minutes about this, I'm but- shocked. I'm shocked. And none of that was me. You just, you talked a lot, which you needed to, because I can only say the one thought of we're back. But other than that, it's been a lot of you. So congratulations. You carried the team. You carried us here. You well you, you added some you added help as well. Don't, don't, don't discredit yourself. That's, that's like the, me saying I did something on this pod is like Zach Gallen talking S to Phillies fans after giving up nine runs in 11 innings. That's uh, I, there's too much Phillies talk for me too on this podcast. All right, that's it. Union Soccer Pod. Joe Tanzi, anything on the unionsoccerblog.substack.com we can look forward to reading before we do get into the playoffs. Another long season ahead of us of Union Soccer. You can Hopefully. read my you can read my ode to how important Jose Martinez is. That's up. I like um, that. That sounds and good. And we'll, we'll have a preview from the um from Friday's presser as well. So pl- plenty more to come. Good. Plus obviously the normal post game stuff. So yeah, everything there. And we'll, I will be on site in Foxborough uh, for game two, staying at lovely. Patriot Are you really? Place. Yeah. I'm going to stay at Patriot place overnight too. And overlook the beautiful turf of Gillette stadium. Oh dude, that's awesome. 
I'm uh, that's very exciting. Good for you, man. Well, I will not see you in Foxborough. You enjoy yourself. Uh, where I will see you is on the next Union Soccer Pod. That is it for us. Union Soccer Podcast, all part of Fox Sports The Gambler. Joe Tanzi, the star of the show, as you can tell, uh, at jtanzi90 on Twitter. My name is John Jansen, at jjansen34. Good luck with the Union Playoffs. I'm sure we'll have a podcast in between maybe like games one and two. Who knows? But we'll be back and covering all things Philadelphia Union Soccer Playoffs right here on the Union Soccer Podcast.